Hi folks, welcome along to the special episode of the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium. And special because we come to Mexico and this one, we discuss the five things to watch for in the preview. And you might be asking, well, what are those five things? What would be the fun if we told you already, right? So stick around for this episode as Kunal and I dissect exactly that and tell you what are the five things you should keep an eye on for this weekend's Mexican GP. Hey folks, welcome back into the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch to Podium. My name is Somal and you might know me from the driving force on Disney Plus Hotstar. And joining me like every single week, and I'm so glad that still happens, it's Kunal Shah, who was the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team and currently works as a motorsport consultant to the Vsport Network in Norway. And there's a positive vibe around this weekend, Kunal. It's Mexico, it's the start of a triple header, and honestly... There is a genuine air of uncertainty. Well, it might be thin air of uncertainty because we're going to Mexico City, of course, but still, <laughs> seems like quite a fun weekend. Yes, it's going to be a fun weekend. It's like you said, the start of a triple header. And uh, yes, you know, you guys might ask, so what? You know, triple headers have been around for a while. But there's something different about this triple header, Samuel. A, it's happening at, hmm. you know, the lag end of the season. It's going to be close to 80 points on offer over literally. 20-odd, 21-odd days. And most importantly, this triple header has been spread out across very, very different time zones, right? So we're in Mexico this weekend, then go to Brazil, and then go off to Qatar, right? So the drivers Mm. have to acclimatize very, very quickly with time zone changes and so on and so forth. And, you know, you may fly business class, first class, charter class, whatever class, but eventually your body Uh needs time to recover right so that's going to be an interesting point uh, with regards to the whole triple header and and you know the, the the triple header also places a lot of more uh importance on on teams getting it right uh you know red bull have not sort of challenged any mercedes in the last eight or nine years it's been a while since they fought the world championship max verstappen he's never won a world championship he's never won a, a championship since several years now uh on the same hand, Lewis Hamilton, he's been pretty much unchallenged until 2016. And even when he's challenged, it's been a Mercedes challenge. And Mercedes has never seen a championship challenge that's gone on for so long through a season, right? So the pressure is going to be on the teams. You know, one wrong uh, one wrong uh, tire choice of selection, one wrong setup mm. direction, one slow pit stop. And that could have... S- Lots of ramifications on the ongoing title battle, Samil. But I have to ask you, you know, uh-huh. there's a lot of buzz. It's the, it's the fiesta, as you know, Mexican Grand Prix has been marketing itself. What do That's you think right. are the buzzwords for the weekend apart from Sergio Perez, who, of course, is, you know, a superhero for the Mexican audiences? Actually, we'll talk about Sergio in a second, but buzzwords, I suppose... Altitude or altitude, depending on where you're from in this part of the world, it might depend. But yeah, altitude is one thing because it's it's way high up Mexico City. I think it would be pointless if we just had to go out and tell you what sort of number it is. But it's one of the highest cities in the world in terms of altitude, that is. I don't know about the other thing, but hey, maybe we should ask people from Mexico City about that. But altitude is one thing. And of course, downforce is another thing that comes along with it because traditionally... I've heard the teams run Monaco spec cars, maybe even Monaco Extreme. And that makes it really volatile because Red Bull in that case, traditionally, have been the stronger ones. So altitude and downforce, they could pair up to be a very interesting combination. And it's got me wondering, 
Red Bull historically have got the advantage here. Maybe with their car now being more balanced than other circuits, do you think would they would have lost that advantage, Kinala? Would that be even bigger with their performance just being, you know, better everywhere this year? It's a good question you ask. And, you know, in my view, every time we've spoken about form factor, every time uh-huh. we've spoken about which circuit favors which team and driver and so on, we've seen the exact reverse happen in most <laughs> cases. So I'm not placing any bets on whether this is a Mercedes circuit or a Red Bull circuit. Yes, historically, it seems like a Red Bull circuit. And uh, the key part the key part here, of course, is the altitude, the thin air, you know, and I'm going to share two interesting insights that I picked up, uh, you know, in, in my research for the race, right? So the first is, yes, they run Monaco spec downforce, but the downforce eventually generated is mm-hmm. as low as the downforce they generate in Monza. That to me is wow. extremely interesting, right? And then, of course, yeah. cooling is always a challenge. You'll see cars with lots of ducts in their bodywork because you need to keep cooling the car down. Uh, you know, the thin air makes it tougher for the turbo to run, which is why the Mercedes turbo has traditionally not worked as as well here. And uh, <clears throat> I think uh, the fans are definitely another buzz to look out for because, you know, uh, Mexican fans have traditionally been really crazy about Formula One, especially if a Mexican driver has been racing in mm-hmm. the series. And for once, I'm going to be the one sharing a snippet from history, not Samuel. <laughs> 1970, 200,000 fans, they they actually came upon the circuit. There was, I think there was Jim Clark, was it, who hit a, who, or Jackie Stewart, one of them? Yeah. He hit a, a dog on the circuit during the race, and they almost had to call off the race. So let's just look forward to even the Mexicans <laughs> enjoying the Formula One atmosphere. Oh, man. That... That's a fun story. I I never really heard about that before. Amazing, but but you get the feeling. It's, right? it, it's the party. It's the fiesta. Ah, gotta love Mexico. And and what makes it special, Gunal? The stadium section. Uh, it sort of helps that, of course, after the Peralta da corner, the 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 really ferocious Peralta da corner, the long swooping right hander was gone. They got to mend the circuit a little bit and got to flow through the stadium. Of course. Yeah, it's it's a very dull section, right? For, for a piece of racetrack, it's it's probably one of the worst sections on the entire calendar, really. A slow, real chicane and whatnot. But to see, what, 20, 30 or thousand odd fans right there. And, of course, Canal, the podium there as well. That's got to love it, Mexico. Got to love it. Oh, you absolutely do. You know, the memes of Kimi Raikkonen on the podium while Armin van Buren, I think that was the DJ playing, (laughs) you know, is great that before anything happened, Kimi just had the drink in his mouth because Kimi, you will always have to drink, right? And uh, (laughs) Kaigo is playing this weekend. Uh, You know, he's he's one of the the headlining acts uh, for the Mexican Grand Prix, which I think is pretty fantastic as well. So it is going to be a fiesta in every way. And yes, the podium, the lift, you know, pretty much pretty much the most dramatic podium i would say maybe uh, not as emotional as monza for obvious reasons yeah. but you know when the car and driver are lifted through a lift and put onto the podium i think that's another phenomenal scene but that reminds me somil i'm going to be asking uh-huh. you who do you think is going to be or which teams do you think are going to be on the podium this weekend or going to be fighting for the podium this weekend Oh, I was actually thinking of asking that to you because then again, I, I would avoid the harder question. <laughs> no, honestly, it's a bit hard, right? Because Verstappen and Hamilton 
have to be short shot qualifiers for that. The way things are going, if they survive, of course, clashes with each other. I think they're definitely going to be right up there, which means a head-to-head Verstappen versus Hamilton fight. We'll always take it. That's one of the things to watch out for for this weekend as well. But I suppose there's a good chance that Ferrari might make it, no? In terms of dark horses, Kunal, one has to look at them because, uh, as you mentioned, levels of downforce and all that stuff about Ferrari, their high downforce package was particularly good. I remember Monza being one of the cases, even Baku, where they were able to make it work. Uh, of course, the downforce generated, as you mentioned, will be lower. But similar conditions setup-wise, I suppose, that might just be their chance. Because remember, Monza, Leclerc took it to pole. Sainz got P2 in the race. I don't know. I, I get a good feeling with them. What about you? Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty exciting given that uh, you know Ferrari have also found an extra boost with their 2022 power unit mm. that they debuted a couple of races ago. So, you know, while we're all looking forward to the Verstappen-Hamilton-Red Bull-Mercedes battle, let's remember there's a very tight fight for P3 between McLaren and Ferrari. Uh, you know, McLaren, of course, outscored Ferrari heavily in the first half of the season. But, you know, Ferrari mm. have sort of struck back. Daniel Ricciardo is trying to be in the mix as well. And then there's also this battle for P5 as well. You know, we've got Alpha Tauri versus Alpine. So another very exciting uh, Constructors Championship battle that's going out there. So in terms of dark horses, yes, I think Ferrari is definitely going to be in the mix out there. And, you know, frankly, uh, I'm really looking forward to the opening lap. And I know a lot of our listeners will be like, but guys, you say it every race. You're looking forward to the opening <laughs> lap. But the truth is, from the start to the breaking of the first corner, this is the second longest uh, start that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, distance that in terms of distance we have. And the longest, of course, is Russia. And now we all know what actually happened in Russia, right? There were four cars going abreast into turn one at some point. So, can we see a similar re- repeat of that? Can that be four cars or four different teams and manufacturers? I think that's going to be the exciting part this weekend. And then, of course, uh, you know, tires will be a very major talking point. Unfortunately, everyone's going to be up against the soft. Nobody's going to like it. They're going to talk of degradation. But mm. it's, it's a short circuit, just about, you know, four kilometers long, lots of corners, three DRS zones. And, uh, you know, even the pit lane time loss is about 20, 22 odd seconds. So I think a one stopper or a two stopper could very well be in the ranks. So could it be a race of strategy again? Could Mercedes this time go a little more aggressive before Red Bull decide to go aggressive? So lots of things in the mix. And I'm pretty sure, you know, the, the, the interesting part will be, you know, Checo Perez has gone all out and said, I'm here to win the race. And he is in the form of his life, let's remember. And he's also said, everybody in Red Bull wants me to win in Mexico. And he's, of course, you know, picked up form in the last three, four races. (laughs) Now, imagine this scenario. Last lap of the race, Perez is leading. Max Verstappen is second. Will Christian Horner be the one? Will Helmut Marco? Will it be Dietrich? I don't know who. (laughs) <laughs> come and say, yes, Checo, you need to give up that very, very popular win and give it to Max for, of course, maximizing points in the Drivers' Championship oh. battle. Kunal, I think I know what Red Bull would need if something similar happens. When India actually toured Pakistan for their cricket tour in 2004, they got presidential security. So that is 
properly, like having 40 security guards next to the bus, a helicopter waiting to watch you in the wings, maybe some military-grade personnel coming <laughs> in and defending you at all times. They cannot escape Mexico without that sort of security, of course, if they do something similar. Oh, man. That, but, but that's a genuine possibility because, as you rightly mentioned, Checo has just hit form now. Uh, for Checo, of course, it's good. I mean, of all the places and of all the times to hit form, it is right here coming towards this home race. But it causes a very, <laughs> very scary problem for, for Red Bull Racing. But it's a good problem to have, right? When you have two cars capable of winning, which is something I suppose they would have desired for so many years. And I, I think one really interesting part is going to be the fact that Checo looks good and Bottas looks even more carefree. So maybe finally that four-car battle, Kunal, that we've been just going on about since Bahrain, maybe it's the time we finally get it. Who knows? And as you mentioned in the midfield as well, who knows maybe if it's the chance for a really good Alfa Tari versus Alpine scrap. Because as we discussed in our episode with Fernando Alonso on the Inside Line F1 podcast, which you should listen to, by the way. Cheap plug, I know. He's on a roll and and he's getting furious, yes, but he's getting fast as well at the same time. Maybe for the wrong reason, of course, to prove something to the FIA, but my word, Fernando Alonso is on a rhythm. He is. And let's remember, you know, Red Bull, of course, they won here with Verstappen before, but they won with the Renault engine. And apparently, the thin air actually works in favor of the Renault engine. So, could Mm. Alpine produce a good result? Let's also remember Esteban Ocon won a race this uh, season. Uh, You know, it was a few races ago. Can Alonso finally get a competitive car, uh, which allows him to fight up front? And actually, I'm also going to rephrase this. Can he also get lucky? Because he has been very competitive in the last few races. Just that luck has run away from him, as we've seen. He was tangled by Pierre Gasly. And then, you know, then he realized that the best thing I can do is fight against the FIA. So if he genuinely is able to be up in the battle, I would love to see him not fight the FIA and instead take the battle (laughs) to the McLarens and maybe even the Ferraris. And that's going to be a lot of fun. By the way, Kunal, speaking of Alonso battling the FIA, just continuing on for just 10 seconds from the episode that we just did, do you know turn number one and its escape route right here is a slightly debated point. And we've had a couple of drivers previously (laughs) debate that with the FIA. So, I don't know, Fernando Alonso might have his eyes on that turn. But all things considered, Kunal, uh, there really is a genuine chance of maybe Alpine getting in something. What about McLaren, though? Uh, We've seen Ferrari, of course, and we've discussed them as well that on paper, at least, this might look like one of their races. Have McLaren got that in them? Because if you're speaking about Mercedes versus Red Bull, this has to be just right up there in terms of intensity. Maybe not in terms of prize money, but certainly the love and the respect of all the fans is there. Because the F1 survey also proved that McLaren, the most loved team in all of Formula 1, Ferrari, the team with the most prestige. This means a lot. It means a lot. It's always great to see McLaren and Ferrari fight it out. You know, the the arch rivals of the past, all the fans who sort of left Formula One in the middle because apparently it got too boring. They must sort of relish and this could be a hook to bring them back. But I think think McLaren uh, have a better race ethic or work ethic, if I may put it that way. There's more surety in their uh, their, uh, race strategy. Like Lando Norris said very cheekily, they they might have the quicker car, but we definitely do a few things better than they do. And we all know what he was probably alluding to. And of course, this is the guy who refused to, 
to pit when uh, it was apparently wet and McLaren were calling him calling them in. So it's going to be about Ferrari probably being the quicker team, but McLaren being the more efficient team. Uh, that's going to be the battle, and then of course all eyes on even on Daniel Ricciardo. Can he keep the momentum on? Can he take the battle to Lando Norris and then to uh, Ferrari as well? Because Austin was one of those rare weekends when he outperformed Norris throughout the entire weekend. So that's going to be another discussion point uh, for sure, Samuel. Oh man, that'll be fun. But before wrapping off, Kunal, just a word on the circuit, right? This place, I know we've left it late, but again, Formula 1 also leaves it late to come here. But this place, just for the circuit, even if you leave the fans, even if you leave, which is hard to do, by the way, but even if you leave the stadium section and all that, on its own, it presents a very interesting dynamic where you've got an outrageously long straight, some really technical corners, some fast-sweeping ones as well. There is no, there is no default template, right? That this is a high-speed or low-speed circuit. It's got a mix of everything. And I suppose that's why everyone loves Mexico, plus the fans and plus the amazing spicy food. It just all lines up to be a good weekend, no? It does. And now you sound like Yuki Sonoda because when he was asked what's the one ah. thing you're looking forward to this weekend, he said... Mexican food. Okay, so if there's another driver in the Red Bull camp with stomach bug this weekend, again, I'm just kidding, guys, but it could very well be our Japanese fellow out there, right? It's actually happened before. I suppose Nigel Mansell once had a horrible stomach bug after coming to Mexico. And let's just say he had a colorful racing suit at the end in, in the wrong <laughs> way. So there's, there was that. But yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. talking of the circuit, I, I think. I think you know having three DRS zones in itself is is means it's going to be a lot of fun. Lots of slipstreaming will happen. Yes, it you know teams and drivers depend on the DRS for overtaking to happen at this Grand Prix circuit. Uh, you know mm. tire degradation, like I said, it's going to be fairly high, and that's always pretty good. Uh, you know, in terms of hopefully that drivers don't have to manage tires, and that whole race management is where it becomes a problem. But yeah. all in all, the best insight that I can share about this circuit was the original layout of this circuit was actually mm-hmm. designed by a student as a part of his thesis. Okay, of course, this was back in the 50s. And then, you know, we had Herman Tilke redo the whole circuit in a lots of parts. Uh, and he tamed one of the most famous corners uh, that, you know, motorsport yeah. had at one point. So all in all, it's going to be pretty, pretty exciting uh, to see and to to have the the you know to have the fans uh, be as up close as they would be in the stadium section that again is going to be pretty pretty phenomenal Samuel. Seriously, and a word on the fans, right? We we spend so much time without them. Just seeing them right here will be just quite something. But Kunal, this weekend we we've, we've come to this stage where there is a genuine air of uncertainty. You really can't tell, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Firstly, let's actually start with the lower order, right? We, we've picked out three battles. So, AlphaTauri, Alpine, who do you think gets the edge here? Alpine, definitely. What about you? Well, actually, we didn't even count Aston Martin, but I'm still still going to go for Alpine, right? Because, again, Fernando Alonso, there's the Renault engine as well. But let's bring the fight a little bit upwards. McLaren and Ferrari. Uh, that, now, now, I suppose you would go on the side of more efficiency instead of raw pace, wouldn't you? <laughs> that's true you read me right i think ferrari are definitely on the upward trend but you know jensen button just recently made a statement he said i was speaking to the guys at mclaren and one of the reasons carlos Sainz is actually doing so well against charles leclerc 
because Carlos Sainz is literally an engineer driving the car. And, you know, you've seen mm. Leclerc and, and Sainz have all the race strategy discussions uh, and debates with their, with their pit walls. So I think I would go with McLaren Sommel. What about you? Yeah, I think I'll put the slow button on and I'll go for McLaren as well on this one. But finally, <laughs> Verstappen versus Hamilton and maybe let's even add Sergio Perez into the mix, you know. You still don't know what Red Bull is going to do there. So, I'll have to go for Max in this one. The way he's been on the form canal, I think it's just that, again, finer margin, as you've always been mentioning on the show. I think that, that finer margin belongs to Max right now and I can't look beyond him. I think so as well, you know, and the strange thing is after Turkey, we were literally saying, oh my God, this is time for Lewis Hamilton now. After Austin, when, you know, Red Bull had the quicker car and, you know, Max did what he did, he drove a Hamilton-esque race, like we said. It's it's difficult to not pick Max Verstappen for Mexico this Sunday as well, Samuel. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to... Two things for Max Verstappen to do. First, uh, to to become a first-time pole sitter, which would then mean oh, yeah. that in the last six years, we would have six pole sitters. So basically, no repeat pole sitter. right? And the second thing I'm hoping Max Verstappen does is he breaks the pole sitter's duck. You know, Sundaram has, of course, pulled out all mm. these stats where the pole sitter has, of course, you know, not won uh, the race as convincingly as in some of the other circuits. And let alone that, they've also led very few laps of the race itself. And that's because, again, starting on pole, you get slipstreamed by P2, P3, P4, and whoever else. And uh, I'd love to see if Max take it on pole and then win from pole and sort of defy all these stats. Because that's what he's pretty much doing all the time, defying conventional uh, you know, belief that Hamilton and Mercedes are the quicker package right now. Oh man, it'll be quite something, right? And and that's such an awesome stat. But what do you reckon, guys? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you genuinely are betting on the end of the season, just make sure you've got, I don't know, a health insurance or something, because this is just going to take your heart on a different level altogether. It's going to be a proper roller coaster. And I hope you join us on Monday morning for the Mexican Grand Prix race review right here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Bits to Podium. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being a part of this episode, Kunal. Thank you for joining in and adjusting to the times. Really crazy how things play out, but amazing stuff to be doing this with you once again. And folks, see you as I mentioned on Monday. Bye-bye. Thank you, Samuel, and see you guys. Bye-bye.